0: This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. We're just having a great talk here with uh, Delegate Cliff Hayes. I'm Chris Saxman, former member of the House of Delegates, served for eight years, four terms, undefeated, unindicted. (laughs) That's the way you got to play this game. This is the VIP podcast brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director. Delegate Hayes, great to have you on the VIP podcast. Congratulations, you're a new VIP.
1: Well, thank you. It's so got to feel much. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here and following the footsteps of many like yourself who have paved the way here in the House of Delegates, well, and uh, we're just honored to be here with a sense of reverence and respect, and just um, happy to be here and here to serve.
0: Well, that's a that's a great way to start a conversation that uh, Virginia Free likes to hear. As a nonprofit, nonpartisan, pro-business organization, we like to have everyone get along and make good decisions. Uh, I was talking with. Um, former colleague of yours, I think he's, a, did you have served with Chris Jones? I did. Okay, he was Chairman of Appropriations. Absolutely. Were you on the Appropriations with him? I was. So you know how he operates. Oh, absolutely. So we were talking about that and I said, do you miss the place? Um, you know, was there anything, you, would you come back? You know, have you talked about administration? You know, all that kind of stuff. He's like, no, at the end of the day, you just pass the baton. You just yeah. take it from one person to the next and hopefully you don't drop it and leave it better than you found it.
1: Well, you know, that's an important uh, component that we all need to have in serving here, and that's humility, and to understand that many people have come before us, and this institution is a very, very important part of our fabric of not only the Commonwealth, but this nation and this country, and to make sure that we understand that uh, whether we're here or not, this place will go on. And the question is, what will we do when we are here to help improve the lives, the um, economy, uh, Etc. for the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so I think that's a very um, humble uh, statement and acknowledgement, I think, uh, for not only um, how this place continues to roll on, but also an acknowledgement that it went through some very, very, very interesting times in order to help us land where we are today.
0: Well spoken, and that's fantastic. And I, I can't agree with you more that because people say, what's it like to work there? And I would say, I work in a museum. Mm. It's a living museum. Um, and you've, I think you captured it beautifully. And you have me- you mentioned humility twice, or hum- humble and humility. And hum- humble comes from the word of earth, ground, mm. um, the root word. And that always strikes me when someone can recognize in themselves the need for humility in the moment. Mm. We get caught up in the great passions of politics, the great debates. Well. That, um, to me great debate <laughs> <days>. <laughs> in great debates these days. But especially you see it on the, on the, in the Appropriations Committee. You see this is where the rubber hits the road. Nothing really happens in the Virginia legislature until it hits the budget, right? You can pass a bill. But if it doesn't move money. It's not doing too much. <laughs> amen. Fair? amen. Fair? You get amen. an amen on that one. That's even stronger. <laughs> but tell us where we are now with the budget negotiations. You passed the budget out of the House, went to the Senate, they of course rejected it. You did likewise to theirs. It's now in a conference committee. We're hoping to get out by Saturday. You didn't seem to have good news on that this morning here at eight o'clock on Thursday morning before SENA-DA, die, which however you want to pronounce it, uh, where are we?
1: Well, we like to always remain uh, in a posture of being a prisoner of hope. So <laughs> it might happen, You're me with it this. might happen. <laughs> Prisoner uh, of hope. Yeah, we'll keep working towards. Uh, is that
0: your is that your bumper sticker for your, for your real life? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, prisoner for my life. life, for your yeah. life. Uh, yeah, that we, we we never give up.
0: Okay. Um, as, uh, is I think Samuel. that is that? Did you just come off the top of the head with that one? Prisoner no, of hope?
1: just um, I guess just in, in terms of my faith. Okay. Uh, it's conversation. Okay. In the household, in which I was brought up in.
0: Strong faith uh, household.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am who I am because somebody loved me. Um, my father, Clifton Hayes Sr., uh, if I could just be, you know, a tenth of that man. Um, is he still with us? He's still with us. Okay. My mother. Okay. Um, if I could be, you know, a fifth of who she was. Oh, he is. Okay. Uh, Carolyn Hayes. Um, we just work uh, to understand uh, that we are working on the shoulders of them
0: Okay. and
1: the uh, nourishment and you know, bringing our family together is what we build on. And so that's where that comes from. Okay,
0: it's, it's a strong foundation. You went yeah. to, you went to a Norfolk State on a baseball scholarship to play ball there, uh, infielder. Um, I often find that politics and baseball are very similar with respect to a lot of roles. Uh, it's a grind, it's every day. And you got to be at the grind every day to be a part of it. Yeah, You just can't come back. No. Uh, you, I mean, when you're there, you're there. And and there's sometimes. so many similarities to it. Do you find that as a former ball player?
1: I do. And I uh, not only overlay that to politics, but to life. Um, in terms of politics and serving as a legislator, right, um, it's a lot to be learned from that as well. That um, there are going to be some times when <laughs> you're going to have to step up to the plate. Um, nobody else can help you. Right. Um, it's gonna be a lot dependent upon how prepared you are. And you have to step in the, the
0: box. It's the individual in a team game. Yeah. It's so strong in baseball. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, it's pitcher, batter, catcher, but then everyone else comes to play when the ball is presented Absolutely. to Absolutely,
1: and you can't take any of it personal, personally.
0: That's uh, the hard part, isn't it, in politics?
1: It's not hard for me because, again, I overlay. Okay. The love of this game that I learned at a very early age, my father always taught me to uh, pursue life with the understanding and the fundamentals of this game we taught you how to play. That it wasn't just to learn this game, but it was to teach you also how to traverse and to uh, be great in life, not just successful, uh, because you'll attain success, but the question is what you will do right. with your success. Right. And so in this space where we have legislation sometimes, it's not always easy legislation, but if you have a, fun, a fundamental foundation and an understanding for the uh, policies that you're trying to support or the legislation that you're carrying, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes <laughs> because you're successful at getting things difficult things passed, um, that comes with some chin music, <laughs> some high and tight inside. Okay. Sometimes people throw at your head. Right, right, right. Um, but you don't shy away from it. You step right back up into the box, and you're ready for the next pitch. Dig in. Sometimes you, you strike out. You can't fall out. in love
0: with the last pitch. You can't You can't hate the last pitch either. You no. Just, it's the next pitch. You might it's strike just, out. It's the next bill, right? You just boom. And then it's here comes the one. next. One. just another one.
1: Yeah, and if you concentrate too much on what happened right, before, right. it could lead to your detriment. Whether it was a successful passage of a bill and you're glorifying and too proud of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Now the next one comes and the question is how prepared for you are you for the next for the next pitch and so uh, that's the approach that I take to life. I don't take any of it personally. Um, when we're trying to turn a double play, people are going to slide at your feet and back in the day when I played, um, there were no rubber cleats, right? Right. So you'll get taken out oh, yeah. with steel cleats and so you have scratches and scars and cuts and bruises and all of that stuff, um, but it's a part of the game.
0: Well, that's a I can go in a lot of different directions because I love baseball so much. Um, in today's session, though, let's try to get back to the topic at hand. With uh, How would you describe, in baseball terms, uh, this session and then the budget negotiations?
1: Uh, this session um, has been, again, um, you can't take any one session, any one day for that matter, any one hour <laughs> here in this place um, too seriously, um, and you cannot take the former moment right. and think that everything I think, I going think, forward is going to be the same. I think this
0: session is a low-scoring game ah. in about the eighth inning mm. where it, but I just don't see a lot of big points, uh, big debates being won. I don't see a lot of, you know, I think the governor had a victory on the mask mandate, but I don't think, so it might be one nothing. I mean, I just don't see a lot of scoring uh, on either side. Well, a defensive battle. It's like it's like Floyd Mayweather just doing the the, the jab on the way out, you know.
1: But sometimes that, those are the best. Try to mix
0: metaphors in baseball and boxing. Yeah,
1: but those <laughs> those are some of the best games.
0: As a right? catcher, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, they're exhausting in that regard.
1: And so the question is: Are we here for entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And just watch a bunch of home runs and the score is twenty-one to twenty-five. Is is that what we're here for, or the substance, right?
0: Well, see, I love the beauty of the game. Yeah, I mean, a two-to-one the game. Hitting the hitting and catcher. running. Oh, then calling the next pitch, yeah. and getting the guy to lean in, yeah. the third ball in the outside part of the plate, and coming back and busting. Taking it wing. out the oh, right yeah. field, down oh, yeah. the line. Absolutely. That's, that's, and that's why I like baseball and politics, and I try to draw the, metaph- the, the similarities together, because once you understand baseball and its complexity and the rules and all the nuances, the unwritten rules, and you apply them to politics, and I wish people would appreciate both at those levels mm. and see them for what they are rather than get lost in the, the, the home runs. Mm. The home runs when it's a, a it's ball It's wonderful to game. hit them. It's <laughs> great to hit them. They feel sweet <laughs> off the bat. You don't even feel them, right? But we lose sight in those pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of the game of American politics and baseball lies in its complexity and its nuances and understanding that and appreciating it absolutely, and being humble in your terms, uh, your words, in those moments, I think is a deeper appreciation. I think if we all did that, we'd get along a lot better.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You can't take any of it personally. And this whole thing of, you know, (laughs) growling at each other and barking. (laughs) I mean, I read about the stories of, and formerly, uh, before getting elected and before, actually, I was a city councilman before coming here, but even before that, I worked for many elected officials um, in my life. Okay. You know, on the local level, on the state level as well. Um, but coming here back then, uh, understanding how folks could be on the floor and on opposite sides of issues, mm-hmm. but then they'll be, you know, you'll see them walking down the street chatting or sitting in a coffee shop mm-hmm. um, talking at, you know, just chopping it up about their families. Yeah, yeah
0: right, um, right. is there is there, is there a, a, a politician or a political figure that you've modeled yourself after? Because you you try to emulate swings, or you know, you probably you said you followed your father's footsteps, and oh, you yeah, try to emulate your true. father. Obviously, when you said you'd be one tenth the man your father was, you you'd feel good about yourself. Is there someone in politics you feel the same way?
1: There's so I'm I'm a culmination of the people that helped me get here. Help mold and shape the viewpoint that I have of this place, my father's one, uh, at home. Uh, But then of course, um, uh, my African-American history professor at Norfolk State University, former mayor of the city of Chesapeake, the late Dr. William E. Ward, um, uh, was a strong mentor to me and actually helped talk me into uh, running for local office for City Council. You can blame him. As he was actually retiring, uh, he and um, some wonderful men in the city of Chesapeake and leaders in the African American community by an organization called Chesapeake Men for Progress. Okay. And I sat at the feet of many of those leaders. Um, uh, Another who helped run my campaign during that time was Dr. Hugo Owens. Okay. Um, who was a dentist and an elected official and politician who... um,
0: So local people, I mean, those are the ones who made the most impact on you. You sound sound like, the? I mean, just just having never met you before. This is Mm. one of the things I enjoy about not preparing, uh, and that these are the unscripted uh, video podcasts that we're doing here. Just to getting to know you at at that organic level, like who are you? I mean, a lot of people go, "Well, I'm a Reagan Republican, or I'm a New Deal Democrat, or you know, I like Obama or uh, Bush or Clinton or whomever." But what I'm struck with uh, from Delegate Cliff Hayes is this closeness to your family, your community. That's where you're grounded. You grew up in the district in which you which you represent. Absolutely. To a local school, you stayed local. You went to graduate school in Boston. But that's what really is, 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 is centered in you. Mm-hmm. That's your plumb line, it feels like.
1: And as I pursued that furthering of my education, these same folks, like, I mean, they dug into their shoeboxes almost and helped me get there and continue on. Okay. So I also came under the umbrella of a former boss of mine, who actually had served as sh- the longest serving so sheriff. Championship <laughs> ring back <got> there, yeah, <laughs> a lot of hard work, a hard work. So I wear it proudly.
0: And what's that? What's that ring?
1: It's a, a championship ring uh, for college baseball with Norfolk State when I played there. Okay. Uh, we had three successful championships. Inbiac. The, the, the well, at that time we were in the CIAA. Okay. Okay. And uh, three wonderful championships there. But after um, I finished at Norfolk State and playing baseball and was a little hard headed and ruined my baseball aspirations.
0: Why were uh, you hard headed? What was hard? What was you don't uh, seem like a hard headed guy. Cliff, you seem like a nice soft spoken, wonderful gentleman. Yeah,
1: but you know, we all
0: were young. We're young. young and, when we were young and what did Bush George Bush say? When I was young and foolish, I was young and few, foolish. Yeah, something like that.
1: So our baseball coach, Marty Miller told us day one, coming there on a scholarship. I know you all are ambitious, you love the sports and so forth, but don't let me catch you playing sandlot football, pick up basketball games, anything, because you're here to play baseball. And one day uh, it snowed and classes were canceled Mm. and so forth, and my roommates, two of them, we we stayed in a suite.
0: And what year are you in school at this point?
1: 87.
0: I mean, what year in college? What, what sophomore, freshman? What year, what year? Oh, my junior year. Junior, oh, junior year.
1: Okay. We um, decided that we were going to go out, and two of my roommates were members of the football team. One was a defensive tackle uh, who was our first baseman. Um, That's a big first baseman. Yeah, Mel Waring. <laughs> That's and a big me, first baseman. And, and he could hit it, let me tell you. Yeah. Mel Waring. Uh, Mel uh, was talking a whole lot of Trash talk about what he was going to do and all of this stuff. And we went out to play on the grounds there uh, next to Scott Dorm in the snow because classes were canceled. And, um, I, you know, as a former cornerback in high school, I
0: yeah.
1: wasn't going to allow him to just run by me. So I'm going to reach out to this defensive tackle, <laughs> right, and I'm going to take him down. But I held on. And his momentum, and I slip on your
0: throwing, and his
1: on my throwing arm, and his momentum. You imagine a defensive tackle, right? He's motoring, and I'm grabbing on to him.
0: Force equals mass times acceleration. Oh my gosh!
1: And all I remember is uh, looking up at him as he continued on, (laughs) and I was holding on, and I felt this crunch.
0: Oh, so kids playing at home on the board version, uh, don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't reach out with your throwing arm and try to arm tackle a defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: uh, and don't go out and sandlot football if you can help it. You just don't need to if you know it's something that you
0: not supposed to do. Not you were, you supposed were asked to, to do it. I was, the scholarship yeah, was online. Yeah,
1: but fortunately, uh, Coach Miller honored, you know, By okay. staying there. I switched From the other side, from third base and shortstop to second base. Okay. With the short throw. Okay. At that point. Did you have
0: surgery? I didn't. Okay. Um, Still hurt. It was just
1: ignorance on my part. Does it
0: hurt today still or has it healed up? Nah. Okay.
1: It it was ignorance on our part, you know, because all of the kids, we were going to hide it, so we didn't Uh, tell the coach. uh Oh, and gosh. so we didn't tell the trainer, this we didn't tell this the
0: coach. That was spring ball then? I mean, you were, this yeah, was this was, was like
1: season. in uh, January. Yeah, yeah. So we were about to get started for spring practices and okay. stuff. And uh, we went to the gym and we got on the weights. Mm. And we were going to make it stronger, but oh, the weights were just were. tearing, tearing it up. And I was just tearing it up worse and so forth and so on. I couldn't re- lift my arm high as this at that point. But later, built up these muscles and... I had a little short little toss. Okay, <laughs> kind <of thing>. okay. <laughs> and uh, when the spring came, coach was like, what in the world happened to your arm, scouts? Everybody's like, what in the world is going on with Hayes's arm, you know? Mm. And so the dreams kind of went down to twos. But...
0: Dreams of playing pro ball? That was yeah. your trajectory, you think? Yeah, that's okay.
1: what my trajectory, I believe, was.
0: Sure.
1: Um, my passion was to do that.
0: Okay.
1: And... Um, and that was the end of it. But I'm a blessed man because, as I mentioned earlier, the foundation of my mother and father, I wanted to be so much like my dad, so yeah. I wanted to play this game. But my mother was a quality assurance specialist for the federal government. Oh. And so at that time in her career, uh, this was around the time that PCs just kind of came sure, sure, sure. and were introduced, mm-hmm. and so um,
0: We're about the same age. She
1: started bringing these PCs home, you know, and taking me to Radio Shack and bought me my first computer. Okay. And um, it was a Tandy 1000. I'll never forget it. And my best friend and
0: I. So it's interesting that your, your father brought you into baseball and that was, yeah. that was your uh, supposed career path. There you and go. And your mother. There you go. Brought you in the computer IT world.
1: There you go. And and then to be doubly blessed to go play a game, which paid for my ability to get a degree in the technology that I had a passion for as well. So I'm doubly blessed.
0: Well, if you seen the, uh, the the Netflix documentary about Quincy Jones, and he mm. talked about his uh, days when he was a child in Chicago growing up, and he wanted to be a gangster. Mm. because, he said, you uh, want to be what you see. Yeah. And then his father moved them to Seattle. He and his mother uh, divorced. She had very difficult mental health issues. He moved to Seattle and was working two and three jobs. Mm. So what he saw then was uh, someone who would dedicate and work themselves to, to take care of his family. Mm. And that made a deep impression on him. Uh, but it's so interesting how we... Uh, Become what we see. That's right. Uh, around us and how you did that with both parents in totally different realms. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what what have they taught you about politics?
1: Just just that we're supposed to be civically engaged. Are they both? I'm sorry?
0: Are they both civically engaged? Were they involved in politics? Did you see They never ran the
1: for general? office or anything like that. But uh, in the household, we were taught the importance of voting, et cetera, okay. et cetera. I still...
0: Were they politically active beyond that?
1: Uh, um, I can say my mother was a delegate to the Democratic National Convention. That's a big <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, <laughs> That's one a big year yes. when uh, Jesse Jackson was running for 88. president. Eighty-eight. And he had come to Norfolk at the Norfolk Scope. I still can remember that. My mother and her sisters and aunts and all, they were delegates and so forth, so.
0: Yeah, he came, uh, he came to my college and uh, I was head of security for his visit. Mm. And uh, it was heady time. This is like 1987, I think 87, mm. spring 87, yeah. when he was yeah. getting ready to do the, yeah. the 88 tour. And I was struck by how well he could deliver a message and the cadence with which he spoke. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn into it. I and mean, I was just like, this <laughs> guy's really good. I don't believe a thing he says. Oh man, but. but daggone if he's not he saying deliver, it well. Right? <laughs> he was, was, We had a, a lunch with his, I think one of his sons and some other staff members there at the local restaurant. And I was just, I said, that guy's amazing. Yeah. He's man. really, I mean, I, I said, he made me believe things I don't agree with.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but when you think about a life like that, Mm -hmm. during the time in Mm -hmm. which as a student, um, some of the coordination, I mean, we kind of read history, right? And then it's like, as though it happened like that. Mm -hmm. When truthfully, uh, it was some courageous things going on with those gentlemen. Absolutely, absolutely. uh, What comes to mind for me is this picture standing on the balcony with Jesse Jackson, Ralph Abernathy, on the and, day
0: Martin Luther King was assassinated, yeah, 1968. April yeah, 4th,
1: so 19th. they actually were with him.
0: Yeah, we well,
1: are yeah. on an ongoing basis. Oh
0: yeah,
1: I mean just all the time, right? And so
0: living in the moment of history.
1: Yeah, and then like I said, uh, today, right? It's hard to go most places of uh, importance or um, say an in institution without uh, respect for Dr. King. And so even here in the Commonwealth, we have a holiday, right? Right. And often on the floor I hear people pointing to excerpts about him Mm -hmm. and talking about the dream, Mm -hmm. right? But he was such an amazing uh, human, human being, and so much uh, what he was about was the humanity of folks. So interestingly enough, Uh, A lot of that change that has to take place uh, for us in the nation and in the Commonwealth actually happens um, in such ways that when you're in it, it's not always popular to root for humanity. It's not always popular. In fact, I think the numbers say that when Dr. King died, he had something like a 70% disapproval rating amongst Americans, and amongst the black community, it was like a 50% disapp- disapproval. Really? Yeah, and so.
0: What was, that I've never heard, those, those numbers. Um, what was the pushback against King within the black community? What was, what was the, what <laughs> it's, was. It's what a could human thing. To today, you know, we're, we're 60 years
1: hence. Yeah, I'm not being critical of anybody. No, 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 but I'm just I'm wondering, just like, saying, what would
0: they have said that would have been the same thing. You're people, doing it wrong. I mean, same the,
1: thing people say today, right? Uh, whenever you push against the grain, it's not it, it, it's not it's not ever going to be uh, uh, a popular thing. Right. I mean, my faith teaches me as a Christian that uh, there's a crowd always, but the question is, do you have to necessarily follow the crowd? Because on Monday, there was a crowd that was that saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. Mm-hmm. But in the same week, it was crucified. by Friday, right. some of the same people were saying, crucify crucify." So my father and my mother have always taught me, don't follow the crowd. And when you see me here in the General Assembly, and I'm not in any way trying to pat myself on the back or anything like that, you won't find me in following the crowd. Um,
0: As a member of a political party though, when votes come up and it's a caucus vote, uh, we all know that that push and pull within the team because you're running for re-election, assuming you're running for re-election, you gotta win the the primary to get the nomination, your district is is a safe democratic district. It's easy It's easier to go with the crowd Hmm. than to pull back and go, no, I'm gonna take this pitch. Just, you know, I'm gonna let this one go.
1: It's not always gonna be easy. No. Again, you can't follow the crowd. It's not always easy. Um, It never is. In fact, um, to use that baseball analogy, there'll be some pitches that come on the outside of the plate. It's not your best. And if you try to pull it if you want to, uh, you're not going to be uh, successful. You no. need to sometimes keep your hands back, right, throw them hands out Thanks and drive that. it back where it came from. That's right.
0: What's, uh, what's your pitch in politics? What's, what, do you, what do you like to see? That, what do you swing at? You said, this is my groove. You're an IT guy. You're an appropriations, an MBA. Uh, what, is, what is your bailiwick policy-wise? <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I try not to hone into just one thing. I try, I'm, a, I'm a compilation of all of that that you just said. Okay. And so that's how I view the legislation that comes. It comes with um, understanding that we want to be successful and getting legislation done. And so if you follow some of the things that I've championed, or in some cases, it may not even have been my own legislation, but if um, at the core of who I am, I understand that issue, it may not always be an issue that is um, pushed from within my caucus, right? Um, But it's an important enough issue. Um, Again, you're a business gentleman. This whole thing of productivity is really important, mm-hmm. right? But we overlay that with humanity as well. But technology is my passion. Okay. And technology is a tool for productivity. No matter what it is, uh, no matter what form of technology, it's a tool to get better productivity. Right. And so sometimes that doesn't always mesh with uh, people from a partisan perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather thread the needle and get things done that are gonna help uh, the Commonwealth. So if we're more productive and productivity is going up, that right. means the resources that we have are being used in a better way.
0: If, in, in, that, in that spirit, um, are there, issues or Bill's issue you can point to as being not in the crowd with your political party and going, you know, the Republicans got a point on this. one Because this is one of the questions I ask people on both sides of the aisle. Tell me something about the other party you kind of go, ugh, you know, that, that's a pretty good idea. It's not really partisan, but because it's theirs, I can't oppose it just because it's theirs.
1: There's a lot of things that, um, I don't know if I want to call it partisan, but they tend to have been um, controlled or shaped or given the impression <laughs> that it's a Democratic issue. Right, right, right. Or it's a Republican issue. But the question is uh, if it's good policy, that's where I'm, I'm coming from. And if you look into my background, you will see that. I'm not just the politician, right? The elected side, right, right. trying to hurry up and get elected. But another hat is that I have been on the administrative house side of local and regional go- and state government, mm-hmm. right? So on the administrative side, it's more of practicality. Okay, It's actually so what-
0: you see the whole game in front of you?
1: Yeah. So I've worked for, um, a commissioner of revenue, Ray Connor, who was a part of my first team okay. and was my first treasurer okay. uh, on that same campaign that I had the mayor behind me. Um, I had a sheriff that I've worked for and John Newhart, who was the longest serving sheriff in the Commonwealth for something, 45
0: years so You put, years a, good, you put so. a good
1: team on the field. Yeah. Well, actually, that good team put me on the field.
0: There we go. Nice <laughs> turn of phrase Yeah. Sure. Good stuff.
1: And those were Democrats and Republicans that, okay. that, that, that centered around me and put me out there. And that's the lens of which I operate in practicality, uh, law enforcement, right? So in this space today, you hear, well, Republicans you right, know, right. stand for course, law enforcement and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm a strong Democrat, and I stand strong behind law enforcement but on the flip side i don't stand blindly
0: well it's because we're, we're, we're so we're so polarized because everything has to be binary yeah like if you're for the police you can't be for yeah. changing the police yeah. and if you're for defunding the police you can't be for funding something else and yeah. if you're funding medicaid you can't fund education and then it becomes this everything becomes. Us or them. Yeah. After a while, you, you can't play that game.
1: And the interesting thing is uh, um, a term that you just uh, pointed out: defund the police. So that's the political side of stuff. Right. Terms get thrown out, and then all of a sudden, right, the crowd <laughs> starts coming either for or against. Right.
0: I mean, we two years passed, <laughs> and then uh, and, and Biden uses in his State of the Union the other night. Yeah. Okay, here we go.
1: So the thing is, um, working in law enforcement. Right, with a technology overlay mm. in that space, um, I understand that there are um, some things that society, as society, we ask About. too much to out of police officers <laughs> and out of sheriffs, right. deputies. Right. Um, when they're doing their job, we ask them to do quite a bit. Right. Not we're we're asking pain. them to listen to problems that people and they haven't been formally trained to be a counselor and so forth and, we're, and so on. We're
0: thrusting on. a lot on our public well, We're
1: throwing all of this on them sure. and expecting perfection right. out of them. Right. You can't right. make a mistake. Or we're going to come after you.
0: Right. And with not a lot of pay. Let's be honest. Yeah. Our expectations versus what we pay are not aligned.
1: Not aligned. <laughs> not aligned. But, but I also am a product. Of playing that recreation baseball. This was long before sure. the stuff they have today with the clubs and club ball mm-hmm. and traveling the country competing. Oh, yeah. And you're like it's nine nuts. years old. It's, nuts. it's <laughs> nuts. I did it with my kids. It's nuts. And my daughter, our youngest daughter, we've done it with her in track and the oldest in cheering. So oh, yeah. I know all about that stuff.
0: Oh, travel teams.
1: But you know, in the community where I grew up, the police officers ran the league. Okay. Not, not, not pick up game.
0: No, no, no. They were the, but they were the officers sure. yeah.
1: for the South Norfolk Boys Baseball Association. They were the officers. The deputies were coaches. The firefighters were coaches. Um, so that really, Firefighters so that really police, bound the community together. Police officers. Yeah. And it's it's uh, Cause they lived in
0: the neighborhoods too. Right? They
1: lived in the neighborhoods. They were the coaches. You're talking about Law enforcement. This is in
0: late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, seventies. Okay, seventies. You know,
1: so what? I mean, imagine the intelligence, right, that mm-hmm. law enforcement can get by being involved in the community. Sure. So they're taking the kids back then. Sure, you know, sure. it was nothing for the coach to come through with. Are they his doing that today? Pick up truck.
0: That, does that uh, construct still exist today? I just
1: don't see that.
0: Well, oh, that'd be a, that'd be a revolution if it, it did. It
1: would be, and 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 not a you know 3 on 3 basketball tournament no 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 th- this is a one time thing and yeah, yeah, then no, no. Gone. it's
0: ephemeral it's uh, and that's why i love baseball
1: and you can't make them do it it has to be an ingrained kind yeah, of a thing no, so in is. my community where i grew up in south north it was ingrained that and not just my coach but with eight or nine teams in the league yeah, but
0: i think that would be a is that it, i think that be a key element in today's uh, society is to have oh yeah those uh, public servant leaders. Oh yeah. Part of that community development, not oh, just from man. the intel side. Yeah. I've seen what's going on, but well, actually, you probably be good to have that too. But just from a fabric of a community.
1: Oh yeah. One of the greatest lessons I I learned in playing the game um, uh, was from a firefighter, one of my coaches, uh, William Cartwright, was his name, um, about hitting. One of the The best lessons I learned was from him. He said, you just got to smile at him.
0: (laughs) I mean, who would have thought? How I throw at you. (laughs) Who would have thought, right? Right.
1: He said, comes at you, (laughs) you know, just smile at him.
0: Oh, it's like in that movie. And step um, right back up uh, into the Field flip. of Dreams. Yeah. You remember Field of Dreams when he says, wink yeah. at him? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tell
0: him you know what's coming? Yeah. <laughs> so, so he throws yeah. at him. He's like, what are you throwing at the kid for? He's like, he yeah. winked at me. Hey, kid, don't wink. <laughs> yeah.
1: But then you just hit it.
0: For, right. 400 feet. There you go. Okay. He might have just okay. uh, hit
1: me in the ribs. Are you
0: involved in any baseball leagues? I only got two Well, kids, actually,
1: that's how I got involved civically. Okay. Right? When I left Norfolk State, I decided to give back to the community and coach in the league that I grew up in uh, because I had learned so many fundamental sure, sure, things sure. that you I didn't learn and I wanted you to you give gave. back. And um, I was coaching and Mayor Ward, former May, uh, African American history professor for me at Norfolk State, uh, came out to throw out the first pitch. Mm-hmm. He threw out the first pitch that game. He said, what are you doing out here, man? I didn't know you were back over in here. I thought you had moved away or whatever. And You're here in the community. You need to come on out to an organization called Chesapeake Men for Progress and meet some folks. And um, they met every second Saturday. And I went over there with that group of giants of men in the city of Chesapeake. And um, they were councilmen, they were Mm -hmm. city manager, they were members of the school board, they were were administrators, assistant superintendents, they were business owners, they were involved in the community and so forth. And I went in there, you know, with a laptop back then, and they just thought that I was some kind of genius. (laughs) Who's the kid? Yeah, yeah. So I just listened to them all and um, just humble, sitting at their feet. And that was the beginning of me getting involved civically. Now, what became the impetus for me running was, um, I I think I mentioned to you how I had worked on the inside of local government Mm -hmm. in the city. And I had worked with uh, some firefighters on some things uh, at the fire department because I was a um, a programmer at the Department of uh, Information Technology. And the public safety arena was an assignment that I had. So um, I started playing adult softball with the firefighters. They had a, a team in a league and we started playing together. And two of my friends, Um, I became very close to, one of which uh, Johnny Hudgens was his name, Um, they had kind of warned me out about, and everybody, about the raw equipment that they had and how they needed upgraded equipment and so forth. And they were complaining about the communications system that they had to talk to one another. Okay. And uh, the city wouldn't In the budget approved for an upgrade because it sounded pretty expensive.
0: Oh yeah. And at that time, that's what they need.
1: Yeah. And but they kept asking for it year after year and they weren't getting it. And Johnny was dispatched, uh, his unit, his company, to a building. It was an older building. It was an auto parts store uh, that had caught on fire, and they went in to fight the fire in this old building. And he went in and lost communication with oh, the folks on the outside in the middle of the fire. The roof collapsed and he was in there and they couldn't communicate with him and to find him where he was. and He ultimately perished in oh, the no. fire. Yeah. And so to me, it made me a little angry inside that we have the resources. And that
0: was your impetus for running?
1: That was, I think, ultimately...
0: That, that was the, the, that's the what, first seed of, like, what, that, something we got to change. You know,
1: you know, this isn't right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, yeah. I know we have the money, but uh, folks just didn't want to step out there and do what needed to be done right. to pay for that upgrade in their equipment. And lo and behold, what really tipped me over to run was after he died, the next cycle... They paid for it.
0: Isn't that frustrating as all get out? Cliff, I really enjoyed our conversation. Let's chop it up a little bit more and get a little different sure, personal so people sure, can get sure. to know you, aside from baseball and all the metaphors that we've, that we've done here. Uh, favorite baseball team?
1: Atlanta Braves. Oh, that's so sad. Grew up loving it. loving it. You know, um, <laughs> Hank Aaron was the coach. Okay. okay. Um, what's my man? Um, David Justice. Sure. Chipper Jones. Okay. That whole crew back then, that was, man. That was a those were some teams.
0: As a Pirates fan, it's it's not. Well, it's,
1: my it's, father was a Pirates fan. Really, and so we grew up loving the Pirates as well. The 70s my hero. Seventy nine, with oh, yeah, Dave family. Parker, Willie Stargell. We are family. Oh. <laughs> in fact, one of my roommates in college, Pop Stargell, was his um, um, godfather.
0: Really? Yeah. Don he, Sutton, Hall of Fame pitcher for the Dodgers, said Stargell didn't hit you hard; he took away your dignity. <laughs> <laughs> favorite football team?
1: Uh, the Raiders.
0: Okay, wow. That's yeah,
1: a, that, all of that's in the time frame in which I sure, grew sure. up. Sure, sure.
0: Seventies, a Steelers fan now, so we're not—we really should not talk about that. Um, let's talk about favorite movies. What are your top three favorite movies? Or if you had to watch one tonight, what would it be?
1: Uh, what's that movie? Um, Man, uh, Denzel Washington. I'm He's a fantastic. fan. I'm a fan. Um, Is he, he was a police was officer. officer. I can't think of the
0: name of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't remember it either. Uh, favorite TV shows?
1: Favorite TV shows. I like to rewind to things that just make you laugh. Right. Okay. So I think about things like um, Sanford and Son. Okay. <laughs> just, so so can laugh, laugh, right? just so I can laugh. Just so I can laugh. And then okay. something like Good Times okay. was a show that was okay. a
0: favorite we, as well. we, we all fell in love with Janet Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> J.J. and <laughs> Thelma. And okay. The hard-working dad, James. James, James and John Wife, uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah, Just yeah. a hard-working family. you connected with both of those. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite books?
1: Um, probably my, my favorite, the favorite book probably would be Uh, The Substance of Things Hoped For by Dr.
0: Proctor. Okay, hope comes back.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Cornel West has a book out now that I've kind of been following, Dr. Cornel West. Um, um, Prophetic Fire. Okay, Prophetic Fire.
0: One One of the things I love about Cornel West is his relationship with Robbie George. No. And, they're, and when they have Oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that is something That some, is what I think is the essence of higher education. Of how
1: people can come together. Exactly. Philosophically, a little bit different, but at the core, talking about humanity.
0: I, that, I, that word was on the tip of my tongue before you said it, and I love that you said it. Thank you. Absolutely. Because that's what it's all about in the end, isn't it? In the end. That's what it's all about. Uh,
1: from womb to tomb. <laughs> we're right here. No, none of us are better. Than anybody else, I don't look at myself as being better than anybody else because I, feel I may figure something well. and I don't think anybody is any better than me, right? And then that Dr. West would tell you yeah. that um, we're all coming from the same place.
0: Exactly. What uh, I, I sense you're, you're a strong faith. Do you have a, a specific passage in the Bible that you that you fall back to or like to have ready?
1: Probably, uh, my mother would constantly tell us growing up that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens
0: us. And we're going to leave it right there. Yeah. Cliff Hayes, has been an enjoyable conversation. I Likewise. wish you the very best today on the VIP podcast brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. Please subscribe, like, and share on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Have a great day. Get that budget pass, would you? There you go. <laughs> there you go. By the end of the day, Cliff Hayes is going to get it done. Thank you for joining us.